tell me more about the mythologizing of Jay-Z and Beyonce. The mythologizing? Rap royalty. I I don't know where to start. I mentioned to you the other day that the song Bonnie and Clyde 03. Yeah. Which don't put a year in the title of your song <laughs> unless it's in the year 2525. Right. Uh had you know, it was 15 years old and we were talking about their relationship. You're like, you know, they had some ups and downs. Yep. I'm like, ups and downs? What are, what are you talking about? You treat it like it's some sweeping love story or something. And I'm not saying that they're not in love. I'm not, I, right. you know, I think it's great that they're together, but it's 50% a business decision and 50% not, right? You think so? Sure. Okay. Like, look at, oh boy, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but look at Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Oh boy. Isn't it good for their brand to be together? Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. Um, but they're not Mm-mm. because Ben has substance abuse problems. Among other things. Among other things. Yeah. Uh, which he shouldn't be. He's not, I'm not judging him. I'm just giving the circumstances that would make their relationship difficult. Right. And so there you go. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not together. Right. But it looks bad. And now he's off, you know, bagging Playboy models and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is what he's supposed to do. Is it? Again, I'm making no moral choice, but that's you have access to people who want to do things with you mm-hmm. and use the word you more <laughs> times. And they've even had the ups and downs that you refer to. They've even had a very public thing. Yeah. <laughs> but they turned it into art. Yeah. Are they just better people, like better artists, better ingredients, Papa John's, or are they... <laughs> Um, I think it was important to Beyonce to stay together to um for the kids pull through for the kids, but also like I think she really loves Jay Z and like <laughs> See, but you already have this romantic you see I what guess, I mean? I guess I look at it like yeah, okay, they're artists, so that's a sacred thing and she's not gonna let something happen to her and not turn her pain into art. Mm-hmm. But also as Queen Bee, she's not gonna let something like that happened to her and let it just play out in tabloids, she's going to change right. the conversation and the narrative and she's going to get on top of it right. and blow some, blow a, a car up, you know, while she's walking down the street. <laughs> right, exactly. And I mean, they're... <laughs> You're just so cool with all of this. They're on tour right now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be amazing to go see. She's got him in a turquoise suit. Oh my gosh. Walking around. Wow. Um. I just... <laughs> I, you're the immovable object. I'm the unstoppable force okay. because I just have so many opinions about this. And I say I'm not judging. I don't know. Maybe to present an opinion is to at least, you know, it's a, a soup son of judging. But I just want to talk about, and you're just like, yeah, I just see him as like, you're, your opinion is set. They are a thing, they are enshrined for you. I guess so. And I, I'm not calling you out they, specifically they I think are music same, royalty yeah but <laughs> even just saying that like yeah. i feel like so many of their fans feel that way and that's where you want to get mm-hmm. that's our goal okay <laughs> so uh go blow up a car and i'll and i'll film it okay all right sounds good and just kind of saunter I'll, down the street sure in a, and big, a yellow in dress a big bird dress yeah mm-hmm. kind of like big bird <laughs> she wears it well she does but it's like whoa sesame street directed <laughs> by michael bay street yeah <laughs> Oscar's trash can <laughs> shoots into the sky on a pillar of fire. Yeah. Um, okay, so I mentioned Jennifer Garner. Do you want to talk about Jennifer Garner? Yeah, a little bit. I kind of do. Go for it. Because she's got this movie coming out called Peppermint. 
Yes. Um, her baby's got the, peppermint in her blood. They're really pushing it, too. Like, her husband and her daughter were killed in front of her, and she was injured, but she survived. And the um, the system is corrupt. They're not going <laughs> like to... Like, laughably like, corrupt. Yes. Like, like the, the judge judges. is like... like big wink (laughs) to the defense counsel who's like turns around to the gallery where there's a bunch of guys you know with pasta sauce on their shirts smoking cigars like exactly although it's not that though i think that it's uh the mexican drug cartels so maybe it's i already did one let's just keep being racist it's you know enchilada sauce on the shirts i don't know oh my gosh well she like picks these guys out of a lineup and they're obviously guilty and uh they don't get any time in jail and everything. So she disappears and goes off the grid and like practices kung fu or something. <laughs> um, knife usage and and uh, shooting a gun and like then she comes back five years later and she's taking revenge. She's taking him out one right. by one. Right. And to me, or or by th- three by three. Oh yeah. Or sure. 14 by 27. You get, it's a punch-out card. You get, you know, something free. If you, it's like a Subway Club yeah. card. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but to me, it, it just seems like it's a female punisher. I mean, it even happens at a carnival. There's if a carousel. If two and a half jokes in that trailer, yeah. it might be a high-budget SNL digital short. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, for, for my money... Which I, I don't think it's going to get my money unless I hear that it's a real stupid good time. <laughs> it's just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It, it's literally by Pierre Morel, the guy that did Taken. Yeah. So he's just doing, hmm, what about Lady Taken? Yeah. Except they're not just taken away from you and you get them back because you're Liam Neeson. Right. right. They're killed in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been done. It's, you know, like you said, The Punisher, um, Jodie Foster. Uh, in the brave one, wasn't that a thing where she's gonna go, she's gonna get it, get it, get him, do it? <laughs> but I think that one is more about how like violence begets violence and how revenge can consume you. And I'm sure this will flirt with that, but it's really just Jennifer Garner wanted to do an action pick, kicking ass, yeah. And I want to talk about Jennifer Garner's career for a second. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is she's literally going. I don't know how old she is. Um, probably pretty young, uh, comparatively, but. She's going the I guess thirty eight is the is the male sixty four or whatever <laughs> Liam Neeson is. Like, can she just not she has such a weird career arc. Like if she did this immediately after alias, you'd be like, Okay, you know, take right. off the go go boots and whatever you had on alias, but it's a little more gritty. Right. But she's still action. But then she went immediately into like romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Where she literally played like a girl in a woman's body. Yes. And then it was all before her time, for in Hollywood terms, playing moms, like yes. young moms or aspiring moms. Mm-hmm. Mom, 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 mom. Yep. Mom with a gun. Yes. <laughs> and just the laughable, like, oh, let's get some ice cream. My little girl likes ice cream and peppermint. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I wanted to point out, because this ridiculous. is sometimes a comic book show. It's very similar to uh, Brian Bendis's icon character scarlet oh okay where she is like just a chick doing her thing and her boyfriend is killed and she wakes up from a coma she was injured and she's out she's gonna get the dirty cops that did the thing sure 
and it didn't really go anywhere like a lot of <laughs> Brian Bendis things, but also he was trying to like incorporate, um, what do you call it, um, grass rooting on the internet, like you know, um, this was at the time of Occupy Wall Street and all sure. that, and so it was like she was also getting this because they stick this landing in the trailer where they're like. People love her on, on social media. She's a murder suspect. They don't think so. Right. Well, she is. Yeah. But she's killed people. Yeah. And so there's like, it doesn't seem like the movie's going to deal with that morality or maybe only in a superficial way. But it, Scarlet, I think, got a little too hot. Also, Bendis okay. you know, had a million other books to write. And now he's not even with Marvel. So I don't think it'll ever get finished. But it was optioned at one point. And the poster for the movie has Jennifer Garner with like these bloody wings behind her because that's... A thing. What? And I swear there's a Scarlet cover that does the exact same thing. Oh my gosh. So I don't know if she's like the angel of death. Benda Susan or Marvel Susan or Wow. Yeah. yeah, she's the angel of death. <laughs> but it's a red wall or a white wall and red wings. So okay. peppermint. Uh... Why call it peppermint? <sighs> the juxtaposition. I mean taken tells you something. Taken, scary. Yeah, right. Um, I think Peppermint takes something innocent yeah. and fun. <laughs> I love and, you, Mommy. And then makes it cynical and, <laughs> and sinister. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. I, I don't know why they called it Peppermint. Because she loves Peppermint. Yeah, I know. Or they jam that in. Make sure you say Peppermint 47 times before yeah. your little daughter gets killed. Yeah, exactly. But will appear in visions throughout the film. Right. <sighs> This just seems real, real basic to me. It, it does, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Killing with pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> uh, I could go for a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, me uh, too. Right on, get one. Uh, okay. This is just enough drill podcast. I'm your host, Cal Ben. Joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. Uh, and we did it. What did we do? We made a mistake. We did. Yeah. How, what was the mistake? When looking for something to speak on this week. Oh. I wish we had done a whole show. We still can. About peppermint. Yeah. But that's not what happened. No. That's not what happened. No. That's not what happened at all. Uh, we went... Sometimes the the journey is the destination. <laughs> and that's kind of where we found ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, how do you even get people to stick around for the end? Let's just say that we're going to talk about the new release, The Night is Short, Walk on Girl. Yeah. And the director... Uh, Masaki Yuasa, yeah, who directed that and some of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess nominally you could say the show is about that. Yes, but it's really more of a series of mistakes <laughs> and a comedy of errors. Yes, in which you and I labored to find an angle for this week's show. Yes, and the angle became us trying to find an angle. Right, and if that entices you, <laughs> I don't think we've ever gone that deep. Uh, done the Medianus Trench before. Right. Uh, but if you want to follow us down, keep listening. <laughs> and we'll do a little news as well. All right. And um, what's what's going on? How are you doing? I'm, <laughs> I'm just still thinking about I'm doing, what a disaster. I'm doing good, We're gonna, despite like our mishap. Yes. So When life gives mishaps. you bloody peppermint, <laughs> yes. you make bloody peppermintade. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Is, is there it, is a, a Bloody Mary peppermint with peppermint in it? No, no, that would be like, um, like a mojito. Okay, right? That'd be like it's kind of like a mint aid. Sure. It's uh, citrusy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got mint. Yep. Some, and muddled. Yeah. Or a mint julep or something. Yeah, mint julep's a little, um, a little less light. 
Because it's bourbon? True. Right? Yeah. I don't know. My drink recipes. Did I ever tell you about the time that I, um, when I was working with a traveling theater company, my partner um, was going to, we worked during the school year because we traveled to schools and do, um, hey kids, stay off drugs. Right. But better than that, but still. (laughs) And she uh, was looking for a summer job and she got a summer job at a resort. Okay. So she's going to work there. It's the kind of thing you can make a National Lampoon movie out of. Do you know what I mean? Like rich white people come there and the people that work there are all just kids who are going to get in trouble at night and stuff like that. Right. Um, I don't have that part of the story. Here's the part of the story I have. She was going to bartend, and she didn't have any bartending experience. I don't know how she got the job, but good for her. Uh, And so she needed help learning drink recipes. Okay. And so when we would travel, and there was a lot of driving in this job, we would drive drive all over the Midwest, hours and hours and hours uh, from school to school. So we needed time to occupy ourselves. So I had to help her learn uh, drink recipes with like flashcards. You okay. Know? So what's uh, here, Harvey, Harvey Wallbanger? Here's a tough one. A slow, comfortable screw up against the wall, you know? And just by osmosis, because I can't, I see something and I just instantly remember it. Yes. I had like a pretty pretty good category or library of uh, drink recipes. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully you can use that. Can't do one. Maybe I should do me. Maybe I should get a job as a bartender. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I that's a that's an interesting story. I don't um I No smartphones back then. No. And um, even if there were, we would have been in you know not no cell phone bug tussle. Okay. Let's not give any commercials out on this show. <laughs> but yeah. You get off the uh, off the beaten path. Off the grid, if you will. Yeah. Um, Are you obsessed well, with grids? Why, why a grid? Uh, I don't know. I feel like Google's on a grid. Well, you love waffles, but... <laughs> is that what that means? Uh, I don't know. These these waffles are off the grid. They're off the grid. And off the grid. You do like a spiral waffle. This is like... Um, clearly, I want to work PR for Denny's. <laughs> do advertising for them. Let's talk about the news. All right. Well, following up on something that we talked about uh, in week previous, it mm-hmm. uh, looks like Crazy Rich Asians is getting Crazy Rich at the box office. Can we do that again? <laughs> we, we'll do it live. <laughs> uh, it made another $25 million on oh, wow. 3,500 screens this week, and it had a, a 6% drop-off, which That's is... That's minuscule, mm-hmm. really. Yep. Um, like Infinity War does like a 33 to 45% drop-off. Yeah. And exactly. still makes a billion and a half dollars. Yeah. And so this is this is crazy. This is huge. And they're getting rich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I wonder if this movie's opening in Asia. Is well, it international? It should. it should open in Asia. I would do gangbusters over there, I, I feel think like. So. Except apparently a lot of and this might just be BuzzFeedy type stuff, but apparently okay. a lot of like native Singaporeans are like, It's not like that. It's not like that. I could see that. Also there's the whole human rights abuses thing. What are you talking about? Singapore? They need oh. to clean they got to clean their act up a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not they're not doing too good. Okay. They're no Saudi Arabia, but they're just not a political show. No. Just pointing something Factory out. workers? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, I'm not. It's a fun it's a fun uh, fun film. It is a fun film. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about crazy rich Asians, so you don't see any of a um, That's another thing that people are Singapore. complaining about too. Is that it's just yeah, I mean, it's you could set light. it anywhere if you had a billion dollars in your bank account. Yeah, all right. It's How are we supposed to identify with a character who, in the first five minutes of the movie, walks in and goes, how much are these earrings? 2.3? I'll take them. Yeah, I know. 
I know. I mean, you you know how crazy rich these these Asians are. I I, I know, but um, it's just such a a light movie. I feel like in a lot of ways, light and fun. Light like a crepe that you would have at a Singaporean food stall. Yes, I'm just assuming exactly. that they have crepes. Yeah, I'm just assuming they do in Japan. So I'm I'm assuming they have them. I saw this post. I won't say where. Okay. It was on a bathroom wall. Okay. Of uh, some guy just got back from Japan or, or still lives there, and he was like, "You guys like Japan food porn? Check this out!" And then he just had like twenty five, thirty pictures of like all these different foods that he'd had. Okay. And person save this for later, because uh, we're gonna talk about this later. But, right. Uh, and it was like, whoa, <laughs> that looks, that's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. But I have to wonder. This is a question again that I was gonna say later, but I'll just say it now. H- how do you know what's good? In, with Japanese food or just in general? What are you talking about? Yeah, like if you go to, um, what's the famous district called? Um, there's a lot of famous districts. Um, the uh, one for partying, um, little something um, on the side. Uh, Shibuya. Shibuya. Yeah. Sh- Shibuya is like a st- train station, isn't it? There's a train, there's station, a train station, but there. it's an area of Tokyo. Um, I'll think. I'll think of what I'm thinking eventually. Okay. But I don't want to bore the listeners. Okay. Um, but you see, you know, movies there, or you can. <laughs> I like to go on uh, Google Maps, like the Street View, and yeah. see how lost I can get. Okay. <laughs> like just. I bet you could get pretty lost. Because it's just noodle shop over and over and over again. Yeah. How do you know what the best one is? Are they all? Is it the recipe or is it the person making it? It's a little bit of both, I think. Um, I think you just give it a shot. You can try it. And this guy's like the yakitori, good stuff. This guy skimps, not not so good. Right, exactly. It's like trial and error, <laughs> word of word of mouth, cheesy uh, signs, and yep. uh, how would you even know? Um, I think word of mouth uh, is huge, and. Um, uh, you kind of go by that, and uh, I, I don't know. When I was, I one time when I was in Japan, um, uh, we had hosted a girl for a whole school year, and I was visiting her family um, in Japan, and they took me to a local sushi shop, which was not far from their house, and they knew the sushi chef, and they're like, "This guy is really good." Um, now you're getting into another film we're gonna talk about. I know. And we were sitting at the the sushi bar, and he was making things right in front of us, and talking to them, and chatting. And he um, he even um, did uh, the the blowfish. Um, that fuku. is, yeah, fuku. It, that is poisonous if you don't cut it correctly. Um, and I actually had it. Um, so. That was pretty cool. Um, you have to have it's it's not as dangerous as people say. No, but you do have to have like have a have certification, proper skills. which is probably just like an insurance thing more than anything else. Yeah. Am I little bit numb? Right, exactly. This is great. This is great. We'll come back here. <laughs> Shinjuku. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, where this is all crazy rich Asians, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. we got to re- rewind out of this. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to some other news. Um, as has been predicted. Yes. I won't play the theme. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy Volume 3 is on hold. I had heard that. I put it on hold. Yeah. A temporary Not hold, surprising. they say. But yeah, you got a that's what they 2020 say. release date to hit. And there is a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Because they have they don't have a director right now. So mm-hmm. they're putting it on hold. And I you have to wonder if... 
I feel, I feel like Dave Bautista is a, a pretty good guy. I don't know his personal yeah. life, so I don't want to get caught out. But he's definitely a guy. He's the guy. Oh, boy. Isn't the big guy supposed to be the guy that's like, you got your posse, right? You're in Shinjuku. Uh, these Somebody spills noodles on you. Yeah. And you're like, come on, man. And he's just the guy that's like puts his dinner plate sized hand on your chest and is like, come on, it's not worth it. Because these guys aren't going to look at me. They're not going to attack us. Look at me. Right. Flip flop, freaky Friday. He's the guy that's like, he's hulking out on on Disney. Yeah, yeah. His tweet. He's tweeting up a storm. Yeah, that's probably not what you want to be doing. If they let him go, does he get paid still? Is it a pay or play? Oh boy, I don't. Does he want to do something else now? I think he still wants to. I mean, it'd be stupid to not want to do the movie. Yeah, but no, it's five hours of makeup. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Hotel Artemis shot up the charts, so we know that he's a he's a talent. I know. I like him. I I think he's got potential to do other things, and that's. But I'd like to see him be in Guardians Three. Right, but he should take the lesson of his castmates of just just play do what cool. chris pratt does yeah tweet a bible verse oh and boy. don't say anything else do you know what Great. i mean because he's the guy that's gonna be if he gets a reputation for being a problem then they're gonna let him go yeah yeah you're and absolutely right so anyway if you can find him at all yeah he's invisible he moves so slowly <laughs> right right exactly even see him. i wanted to mention really fast uh that some Marvel users on Marvel users, some Reddit users okay. who are Marvel fans have come up with a spreadsheet. Uh, this was this story reached. I saw this on a couple different outlets. Weird. Uh, it's in the Marvel Studios subreddit, and I put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, of all the kills in Marvel films, oh. everybody who's you know been who ben dies died. is confirmed to die. Oh wow! And uh, and who does the deed? Wow! And it's somebody. Spent a lot of time doing that. But not, though, because it's just a link to a Google spreadsheet with no, <laughs> you know, f- bells and whistles. It's just if you were going to, like, make a grocery list and Excel is all you had in front of you, that's what you have. Wow. And okay. So that's what we got. All right. And I it, bet it's mostly bad guys, too. It's a lot of bad guys. Of course, Thanos runs away with it. Yeah, of course he does. Just half the universe. Yeah. Put that on his tab. <laughs> Um, but surprisingly, uh, Pepper Potts is tied with Killmonger. Really? When she had the, the juice in her or whatever? (laughs) Well, that was good juice. (laughs) I mean, a lot of the villains like Ultron's got more than a few on his tab. Uh, Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, Loki has killed more people than you think. But as far as like the non-powered superheroes or villains, yeah, they're both tied with two. She That's kills weird. the Ironmonger in in Iron Man one, and she kills uh, Killian at in Iron Man three. Okay, all right. Well, I thought Killmonger had way more kills than that. He, judging from his skin, when he was saying each one of these dots. Yeah, yeah. Is a we're kill. talking about yeah, we're talking about named characters. Okay, this is like a all right murder Bechdel test. Okay, <laughs> have to have a name. <laughs> I'm not just going to believe. It just proves how dumb that Iron Man 2 is is because the villain kills himself. Um, (laughs) What else is going on? Um, Bond is in trouble. Yes. But not from a death trap. No. Um, Yeah, Danny Boyle has left Bond. Over creative differences. Yes, which is, I mean, come on now. 
creative differences with the broccolis that's probably yep. <laughs> it's pretty well known yep. that that happens quite a bit yeah i'm surprised that sam mendy's stuck around as long as he did i well, when i think about i'm i'm not a big sam mendy's fan no i think that he's stuff's fine sure i mean he's doing he's not making peppermint do you know what i mean <laughs> but i've never been really blown away or moved by any of his films no so maybe he's just kind of the workaday auteur, you know? Yeah. I'm going to do like a adaptation of a graphic novel or I'm going to do who's asking for revolutionary road? Nobody. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying it's a bad film or that it shouldn't have been made, but it's like where'd that come from? Right. So maybe he's a guy who's just creatively flexible. That could be. And he made two Bond films, but yeah. Danny Boyle who also I feel like has flexibility. Yeah. Right? Uh, not yeah. this time. Nope. Nope. Creative differences. What do you think the uh, breaking point was? Um, uh, probably he no wanted. dance number. He probably wanted to do his own take on Bond, and they were probably like, "No, this this is on rails. This is what you have to do." Right. You know, no flashbacks, no flash ups or right. stuff, and yeah. Um, Bond can't climb into a toilet. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> we're not doing that. Right. Exactly. But. Um, I don't know. I think that, you know, directors, when they want to do their own take on things and then they leave over creative differences, that's because, you know, they weren't able to do their vision or what have you. Like, yeah. Or they need the money. Yeah. And um, he's somebody who he's always going to be able to get money. You right. Know, Oscar, multiple Oscar winner, I think. Right. Um, so it's not a problem. Uh, a director that we'll talk about later. <sighs> We failed in the structure as well. This we we the, this should be out lot of place. We should chop this up. Well, I think we're chopping it up now. About. Yeah, I guess we kind of are. <laughs> You'll know what it means. You'll have the context. Yeah. At by the end. That's right. Uh, this person made a very successful uh, film, very well regarded, in order to make his next film, which uh -huh. we're going to talk about. Yep. And we didn't like exactly context later. Yeah. Um. And, so, and he considers that his bank robbery movie. Like, he basically, like, robbed a bank in order to, to fund this next film. Right. That's not Danny Boyle's problem. No, no. So he, he has he the power to just money. go, yeah, I'm gone. So he can choose, he can pick and choose what he works on, for sure. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about the Big Bang ending? I don't think we did. Big Bang's ending. Yeah. Yay! I feel like, <laughs> I feel like uh, only a couple months ago, they announced, like, you know, two more years of for everybody's contract. Yeah, I know, like right? So what happens? Do they just pay, again, pay or play? I guess Do so. Do they get paid for seasons 13 and 14 or whatever? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. Reportedly, Jim Parsons is, is done. And when Sheldon's done, heard. it's over. Yeah. So. You can't really do the show without Sheldon. Uh, you think so? Yeah. I don't know. Um, the Hogan family. You can Hogan family that shit. I guess. <laughs> I guess. But it's been Rose on Ann. for 12 years. It's the longest oh, no. running like, multi-camera yes. comedy. It's, this is Weekend at Bernie's 5. You yeah. Know? yeah. Mm -hmm. Ugh. No tears shed from me. No. Uh, looks like uh, the Doctor Who uh, production has announced all the writers and directors for their new series. Okay, cool. I don't know if this is... Does it spoil just to say he was going to work on something? Geez, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's common knowledge right yeah so uh i won't say that there's like any real um i don't know you can look it up online there's no real um like uh celebrities okay uh, as far as i can tell okay um 
but there is a, there's a YA author and there are some other people who have worked on um, other uh, BBC and sort of British uh, stuff. Sure. Um, same thing with the directors. It just it just seems like they are cleaning house. Okay. All right. Which is probably good. Bringing new people in, that's always good. Yeah. Um, it is a new series, so, you know, having some fresh new writers and directors in there is good, I think. Yeah. Um, hopefully they do a good job. I've got my fingers crossed. When people hate it, and they will, <laughs> do you, what do you do? You just keep keep on plugging, right? I think you keep on plugging, and I think you, even if you don't love it, I think you need to be supportive of it because, like, we oh, finally sure. have a female doctor. Yeah. And we want to see more stuff like this. So yeah. I think it deserves our support. Uh, I agree. I should have mentioned that uh, Jean-Marc Vallée, uh, who directed uh, Dallas Buyers Club, um, The Young Victoria, which you made me watch many years ago, uh, is uh, possibly in line to direct the Bond film. And Edgar Wright. Okay. <laughs> no. Edgar Wright. <laughs> Creative He's, differences. Yeah, I was just going to say the exact same thing. That's got to be one of I was of thinking of him. When uh, we, were, we need another name. I know. <laughs> I was thinking of him when we were talking about Danny Boyle leaving. So uh, we'll yeah. see. Uh, yeah, Can I, you imagine Adamanapia like on screen when Bond's like shooting somebody? <laughs> the silencer <laughs> from the Walter PPK. Snipe while he's using a sniper rifle. Yeah. We'll see about that. Uh, Bewitched is the next old TV show that's in line for a reboot. Oh boy! So it's got a commitment at ABC. And it's going to be by uh, Kenya Barris, who's uh, Blackish, the creator of Blackish. Okay. And it will be an interracial family. Okay. If Kenya Barris wants to make a movie about a black person casting spells. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Seems like a real... People didn't like the Princess and the Frog. People were real. Yeah. Is that about that? That's true. Worried about that? Yeah. But if the person, if Kenya Barris wants to do it, then I guess we're all right. Then we get the kiss of approval. <laughs> I mean. I know. I trust them to either be sensitive or to own something. Yeah. Did you ever watch Bewitched? I, I did watch Bewitched. I, I loved actually Bewitched when re- I was a kid. I liked it a lot, too. Both Darrens. I don't care. I don't, don't want to pick. <laughs> and Agnes Moorhead was like the best mother-in-law on TV. Yeah. That was, that was Bewitched podcast. You heard it right here. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, Bewitching? Ugh. No? Nice. That's a real Slate podcast oh. title. I don't know. Um, yeah, I like Bewitched a lot. Um, the I two Darren. I used to watch it quite a bit when I was younger. Okay. Um, cool. You got me there. I, I love Genie. I also watch that a lot. Um, I like Larry Hagman. He's a lot more talented then I think people give him credit for mm-hmm. just being Jr. all those years. Like he's yeah. a he's a real comedic talent. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> this look, I will do a '60s sitcom podcast. Don't think I won't. That could be interesting. I, I know the whole history of of Green Acres. I was just and thinking Petticoat of Green Junction. Acres. Oh, Petticoat Junction. I never watched, but I've seen I've seen the uh, opener because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> We're going to save our apologies for the end because it's coming. All right. Uh, that's pretty much it for the news, I think. It looks like Veronica Mars is nearing a revival deal at Hulu. I heard that. With Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. I know it's not 
gangbusters, but you don't need to do this. No, you don't. Why are you doing this? Yeah. I, I've seen... I've got all the DVDs. I've seen the show probably a dozen times straight yeah, through. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's you don't fantastic. Need to do this. She doesn't need to go back and doing this. Yeah, you can stop. Yeah. I, and I heard Rod, Rob Thomas is going to uh, Plus they already produce. wrecked. Yeah, well, of course he is. Uh, plus they already wrecked it with that horrible, horrible film. The movie was not great. No, if you had just not done the movie, they could just she could just wake up in her bed and go, oh, what a, what a crazy, horrible 10-year reunion that would have yeah. been. Yeah. And then go to our job at the FBI like yeah, we want. Exactly. Ah. Well, the best news of all, it looks like Brendan Fraser will be back on your screen soon. He's been cast as Robot Man in the Doom Patrol DC Universe TV show network series. Okay. All right. We have not seen him in a while. You are correct. I wonder well, why that is. Uh, there's, There's... There is a story. Thereby oh. hangs a tale. Okay. And you're welcome to look that up. Check that out. Okay. Um, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. One of the most recognizable faces ever. Mm-hmm. Good looking face. Mm-hmm. Why you make him a brain in a robot body? He'll just be a CGI character. <laughs> yeah, I know. You could have got anybody for that. Yeah. Yeah, you got a good point. <laughs> We're not going to see his face. There's a real dearth of faces in the Doom Patrol, except for... Um, for Niles Calder because negative man's faces in bandages all the time. Oh my God. Robot man is a robot. I assume, I think, wait, I think they're putting Cyborg in it, but it's like Beast Boy is like really the Doom Patrol guy, but he's turning into animals all the time. Right. So <laughs> he just could have been anybody. Yeah. Pick a better DC Universe role for Brendan Fraser, the Creeper. Done. Did it already. <laughs> I already did it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he'd be a good, like, I think he'd be a good Riddler. Maybe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> How old do we want our Wildcat to be? I'm not really familiar with Wildcat. He's an so old, he, he wears a cat costume and he boxes. Look, it's comic book, man. I don't know. <laughs> that would work. I can see that. Get We'll get him back in near George of the Jungle shape. Sure. Right? And then mm-hmm. he's playing kind of against tight because Wildcat's like a... Ted, what's his name? Can't remember his name. Bad, okay. bad DC fan. Uh, he's a hard bitten, flea bitten, <laughs> you know, type <laughs> character. And Brandon Fraser is like, "Hey, what's up? I'm blasting from the past." <laughs> we have him play against type, you know, and grow like a weird beard and just be like, ah, "I'm Wildcat." Ah. All right. He's gonna teach Batwoman to fight. Okay, that sounds good. And. Um. And uh, he does he fight crime? <laughs> Improv class D minus. You know what you got? Hey, D minus. Sorry. Click. I- when the truth is found to be lies, and all the joy within you. I think the title of this show is "The Gift of the Bad Jai." Yeah, you. Yes. That's 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 bad jai, by the way. Yeah. Bad jai. Yeah. Want to get into any? This ain't Christmas. Triple <laughs> X situation. Um, or AKA tears on a microphone. <laughs> How did we get into this situation? Um. Well, we decided to go see it's a Fathom event. Uh, the night is short. Walk on, girl. Um. Which is. 
by um, Masaki Yuasa. Masaki Yuasa. Masaki. Masaki Yuasa. Yes. Sorry. Um, and Mr. Uh, Yuasa has done quite a bit of anime. Um, so we decided to check out some of his other work, um, which includes the Netflix anime series Devilman Crybaby. Did you call him Mr. by his first name? Oh, damn it, I did. <laughs> what kind of, Mr. What kind of Mr. Jap- Japan fan Mr. are you? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we went and saw that film. Yes. Review imminent. Yes. Nigh. Uh, and I remarked that, oh, I have I know this guy. He uh, did the Devilman reboot on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe we can talk about that. Right. And so we saw that and we thought, oh, okay, so that's two of a kind. Let's get let's get three. Right. Um, we'll watch his uh, critically acclaimed yes. um, breakout um, so debut feature called Mind Game mm-hmm. from 2004. Yep. Uh, which is a little while ago. It, a little it, while ago. Yeah. Um, and so we watched that. We had a response to that <laughs> that led me to say, I don't know if we can talk about... Masaki-san. Yeah. Which is okay. what you should, should say. Okay. Sure. Uh, for a whole show. <laughs> but we're going to. Yeah. And so maybe we should think about changing it. Uh, Mind Game is a very um, both psychedelic and kind of nonlinear yes. um, film. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could talk about nonlinear and or psychedelic films. Right. Which led us to the film Enter the Void. Yes. By Gaspar Noe. Yes. At which point we had watched about eight and a half hours of cinema and didn't have any time to plan anything else. Yeah, you're so we absolutely were done at that right. Point. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yes. And that's how we ended up here. Yeah. So you kind of take responsibility for the the Masaki side. Yes, I do. And I take responsibility for the Gaspar Noe side. Yeah. And so it's like the shitty gift of the Magi. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, you got... Me a bad fit, and I and, and I, oh, got and I got you, you a bad. Ba- oh. oh, yeah. House explodes exactly, and on a wintry night. <laughs> if on a winter's night, a traveler. If we did books, we could talk about the Calvino book that okay. would really bake your noodle. But we're yeah. not doing that. Nope, nope. I think the best way to go is just to begin speaking about Night is Short. Walk on, girl. Sure. Um, What's the premise? The premise is. There's this young girl who's kind of trying to be an adult, and she likes drinking a lot. Um, and there is <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? But I'm gonna buzz in on that one. Okay. It, it's not that she likes drinking a lot. It's that she is she. If this is a coming of age, you know, yeah. or sort of a type story for her, and so she is a university student you know who is thinking about growing up and becoming an adult and part of that is she wants to have the experience of you know going out yes and it's a real it's a real Baudrillard kind of thing like if she's a per you know she's seen movies and manga and stuff where you know people go out and have like these you know benders or go out on a thing so it's just kind of doing that yes because of that She's having all these. Fancy She's like, I'm drinks. gonna, yes, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna drink and I'm. I've seen that Jim Carrey movie and I'm gonna go out and just whatever happens to me, I'm going along with it. Right. It's called Hymon, I think. <laughs> I have no Nothing. idea. Nothing. Okay. I, I well, don't hopefully know. somebody at home. Okay. So continue. 
and there's this guy who's her senpai, her older student, who she keeps running into, like, oh, what a coincidence. But it's not a coincidence. He makes sure he runs into her quite a bit. Right. And then they... Um, and then they... You could break it off at hijinks, uh, hijinks and Sue. Yeah, hijinks and But try and to give us uh, maybe 50 more words of hijinks. Um, they both have this crazy night. A lot of things <laughs> happen to them. Um, and that they end up, like, he ends up having a cold and... Everybody does. Yeah, she goes around to all these different people in Tokyo to take care of them um, because they have a cold. And she ends up at his place last because um, this older guy who she was drinking with was like, there's somebody lonelier than me. And like, you know, you should go visit him and that sort of thing. Um, And so she does. And he's freaking out about it because he doesn't want her to see his place. And... All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he gives her the book that she's been looking for, for like from her childhood, and it's the one that she owned. And then he invites her out to. Oh, I guess spoilers. I guess we should say okay. for the night of short walk on girl. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and then he invites her to a, a used bookstore and a coffee shop, too. So. That's kind of where it ends. Do you want to tell us who the uh, key grip is or anything like that? No. Or? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, great. Um, that's pretty complete. Um, wh- wh- what'd you think? No, no. You're not going to get off that easy. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the creator. Okay. Who, at this point, I'm completely confused. I, I-, I recognize um, some like Japanese first names. And some last names, mm-hmm. but other ones are like completely obscure to me. So I don't know which one's his first name, which one's his last name. Oh, okay. At this point. All right. Let's just call him Dude. <laughs> I think his last name is Yuasa. Okay. So it, it is Yuasa-san. Okay. All right. He's uh, He has not done a ton of stuff. I mean, he has done some stuff, but yeah. he's, uh, like we said, Mind Game was kind of his first break on the scene. He's done a couple series um kimono zume okay um he did the tatami galaxy which i think was kind of what he was known for before this and sure. um uh devil man yep and uh he did a like an episode of adventure time he did an episode of space dandy so he's clearly somebody who is totally fine like working outside of japan or outside of the normal tradition sure and just looking at his stuff Immediately, you know, oh, yeah, this guy doesn't care about tradition at all. This no. guy is going to try to push the the medium as far as he can. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I really respect about him. Um, he gave a talk a while ago and rattled off like a bunch of his influences from Tex Avery to the Yellow Submarine to Fantastic Planet uh, okay. to uh, Nick Park, like uh, Waltz and Gromit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Um, Classic stuff like, you know, Lupin and just everything. Sure. Um, I can a real really kitchen the... sinky type thing. Sure. I see um, a lot of uh, like Ralph Bakshi okay. in his stuff. He does have some rotoscope stuff, uh, but not everything. Um, I was getting kind of an Eon Fluxy vibe too. I can see that. The, it's so that, very fluid. Yeah, the, the fluidity. Yeah. And some of that is... You know, kind of the rotoscoping uh, when he does rotoscope. He also does a thing where he did this a lot in Mind Game where it's still animation, but he uses like 
a trace or like an artistic rendering of what's clearly a photograph. Yes. It's like if you took a picture of somebody talking and then you took like, or a video and you took 10 frames out of that and then you just assembled those frames together in animation cells yes. in order to make it seem like, rah, 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 I'm talking. Right. He's got that, although he doesn't use that uh, in Night is Short. No. Um, and I would say that definitely like Devilman is like probably the most conventional and have you seen Devilman? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I right? Call it con- conventional. Right. It's like R. Crumb's hell, you know, or like, uh, it's just, yeah, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I also saw like um, some Don Bluth in there too. Okay. I, I don't know what it is. Like the fluidity, like you said, the sort of exaggerated um, character designs. And then also like there's a real warm kind of flat color palette for the real world parts of mind yeah. game. Uh-huh. That then, of course, turns into psychedelia, like, later on. Right. Kind of already talking about. Mind game. Mind game. Um, Back to Night is Short. Yeah. Night is Short is adapted from a novel, I believe. I think, like, they're, like, four short and stories. And it's a four-part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is based on, uh, I don't know if it's supposed to take place in one night or not, but I know that the four stories are all use uh, the seasons as inspiration. Right. So I just assume it takes place over a year. Right. Not in this movie. No. Because here's what Yuasa does. One crazy night. That's right. <laughs> That's his thing. Yes. Um, I I see a little bit of the yellow submarine in his and this stuff too. For sure. Um, did you like the night is short walk on girl? I did like it. Um, I really liked the animation style a lot. Um, I thought it was, uh really cool um they really made senpai look like a uh an anxious uh ridiculous person um and uh the night the the girl is um lovely yes right um but she's kind of silly too because she does that like dance that the older people were doing like when they were drunk, when they the solipsist dance, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, which was that was really funny. Um, that sequence, yeah. Um, I, I, I like the simplicity of the story in a lot of ways. Um, I like that she somehow gets simplicity. Well, I guess it's kind of crazy in a lot of ways too, but there is a, It's just not. Otome, the girl, uh-huh. and the and senpai. It's Don underwear. Yeah, it's the uh, the what do you call it? The Kenku guy or the Tengu guy? Yeah. Um, and then his friend. I don't remember her name. I don't remember her name. Either. And there's the god of used book markets. Yes. And there's the whole um, you know, agit prop like uh, gorilla play that's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I like the gorilla plays. I thought that was fun. Taking it up and putting it down. My turn. Okay. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? At 92 minutes... Okay, we're going to talk about some long movies in a little bit. But, yeah, we are. Uh, at 92 minutes, when I'm like looking at my watch midway through, you don't got enough story here. Yeah, I suppose. And I don't know how... I haven't read this book, um, but I don't know how you run out of story in 92 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. What's going on? Um, also, I, I didn't... I liked the intersecting, the idea of the intersecting um, storylines, mm-hmm. um, which I was going to say it's like mind game, but it's that's not like mind game at all. But I like that kind of thing. 
Uh, like it's like a good Seinfeld episode. Right. Everything yes, is the exactly. Fusilli Jerry and everything else. It's all going to ass man. It all comes together. Yeah. I don't know why I picked that one. <laughs> but I'm so tired of for. OK. And maybe we're going to write his epitaph before we even get to the rest of his work. But for a guy who is exploding the visuals of anime and taking it to a place that probably has a lot of like traditional uh, anime and manga fans and even creators going. No. No. Can't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Right. I I love that part of it, but his storytelling is so just bog standard, bargain basement, boil in the bag, every other bee <laughs> that you can get. It's like I hope this this guy he really wants to make it happen with this girl. I know. And then the girl is like she's ostensibly the main character, but not. She doesn't really have any conflict. She just wants to experience life. She does. She succeeds at everything because that's the kind of movie we're watching. Right. And he gets her the book at the end and he's rewarded with a relationship with her. Right. And they get together. Right. These are all things that we, any other movie we go, bad. Yeah. Played out, done to death. I see what you're saying. And I think you mentioned before she's like a manic pixie dream girl. She absolutely is. And the Um. way that. And I'm, I'm describing 99% of manga, except for good stuff. Like, we've seen stuff that doesn't do this. That's the stuff that draws me in. The things that aren't doing what we've seen a million times before. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Once again, I was going to give Mind Game a compliment, but I think we're in the same boat. Okay. Boats. Boats, no. <laughs> Literally. So we'll wrap up here on Night is Short, Walk on Girl. I just wish that... I think that he's... And he, this, he is adapting something here. But when we look at Mind Game, which we'll get to again... I think he's better off lending his visuals to other people's stories. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, that's something we'll get to. You're right. We're totally doing it already. Yeah. But I still kind of want to just randomly chop up the show into like 30 <laughs> second fragments. Okay. Um, like Devil Man Cry Baby, he's taking Gona Guy's like whole thing and just doing a, like a real fast like reinterpretation. Yeah. Of it. No kidding. Yeah, fast. Really fast. <laughs> Why can't he do that for everything? Yeah, I don't know. So um, I don't know if people will have a chance to see Night is Short. Maybe they'll do another uh, Fathom event. I have to imagine it's going to come out on Blu-ray real fast here. I would think so, yeah. That's something that I probably should have looked up. And if it will, I'll put a link in our show notes to it. Okay. I know it sounds like we're saying don't see this movie. I'm not necessarily... What I want when I sit down and pay fifteen dollars to see, you know, something beamed in from somewhere, I expect it to really rock my world. Visually, it did, and it did open the door for me into checking out more stuff that I did like from Yuasa, Sun, yeah, Dono. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. The, the visuals alone, I think, make this worth it. But I want that better story? I get it. Shy student wants a girl. Right. Hope he gets her. That's the the gist of the story <laughs> yes, for sure. Absolutely. Um, to the point where also here's an influence that he doesn't uh, cite, but it's there. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, mm-hmm. because the character Sensei goes into like a full on Shinji fugue in the last 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. Where he is completely paralyzed. We go shift totally to him, walk on guy, or yeah. think on, <laughs> and he's just being torn apart like internally by just the stress of like. I, I really like her, but I respect her, but I want to squeeze her boobs, but I also, you know, I'm wondering if she likes me and all this stuff. And yeah, we get it, but right. it's like this 12-minute sequence. <laughs> but she fights through all that and right. gets to him because right. she's a manic pixie. That's right. He didn't defend this one very hard. Um, 
I I don't know. I just I I enjoyed the story. Um, I I guess it is something that I've seen over and over again, so it's not something super unique. Um, I was kind of rooting for Senpai, um, but at the same time, he's kind of a weirdo and a little bit of a creep that he's like trying to bump into her all this time. But um, I don't know. I just thought it was um, it was kind of sweet that they were going to meet and go to a used bookstore. I did like the God of Used Book Markets. Yes, that was fun. That was a movie all on its own. Yeah, no kidding. Like that's a that's a Studio Ghibli movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about his first feature, Mind Game. Okay. This came out in 2004. And I apologize for not calling out any of the voice actors um, in any of these films. Uh, I just, maybe you're familiar with them. Maybe you're not. Um, respect. Much, much respect. Right. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of the um, performances of them. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so we're going to skip those okay. and just talk about the uh, writers and directors. We're talking about Mind Game. In this uh, case, he this is his feature debut. He directed it. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for it. Um, and that's, uh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's <laughs> what else is there? Yeah. Um, now, this one isn't all that long either. It's 103 minutes. Feels like a million. It feels so much longer. Feels than like a that. million minutes. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, well, I guess I know why. It just. <sighs> can you? Can I give a synopsis? Synopsize. Mm. Mind game. I'm gonna try. Um, there's this guy Nishi who really likes this girl Myung, and he runs into her after um not seeing her for a while they're in college i think um and he, they went to high school together and they had crushes on each other um but she's now engaged to somebody else and she's going to get married and he's kind of uh a scaredy cat he oh is he a shy yeah young man yeah he's a who's shy a young man who's, who's really hoping he can make it happen yeah exactly i mean it's not it's not Yuasa-san's fault. Like it, it's it, just it is ninety nine percent of anime. But yeah, it is revolutionary. Yeah, uh, and he's a aspiring mangaka. Um, mangaka. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he's working and trying to make it as a manga artist. Cut, cut to the to the chase here. Okay, um, the. Go to her and her sister's uh, yakitori place restaurant, and these yakuza come in looking for her dad, and he ta- cowers in the corner, and one of the yakuza like kills Nishi, and then Nishi like dies and like goes to heaven or sees God at least. Kamisama. Yeah, and uh, then he rushes back towards the light. He's like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to live again, and I'm going to show Mion that I love her and all this stuff. Yep. Uh, and Kamisama lets him go, lets him do this. He's more like, oh, all right. I know. Yeah. Okay. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then instead of the Yakuza killing Nishi, Nishi kills the Yakuza. Right. Uh, and then they're in a car chase from the Yakuza. Uh and then 
after this uh, i i like your choice of and then because this entire movie is just one and then and then and it then. is so it let's really go through is. it yes okay so they piss off the yakuza who are yes. soccer obsessed yakuza yeah and the world cup is going on and then the world cup is also going on yep and which by the way by the time we get to the end of the film they talk about the last game of the world cup so i guess we yep. can assume that this takes place over like two three weeks however yes. long the world cup lasts mm-hmm. uh anyway um and then they go on a giant car chase throughout the city yep and then they jump off a bridge and they're swallowed by a giant whale yes and then inside the whale they meet an old man who's been living there for 30 years yes who then turns out to be the father of the Yakuza, one of the Yakuza that was chasing them. Yep. And then they live a crazy uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio on the beach uh, life <laughs> inside the whale yeah. for most of the film. Yes. If you ask me like what this film's about, it's like, mm, it's kind of like, ooh, it's kind of like a Run Lola Run kind of uh, series of vignettes, you know, about like this person who's like dead but keeps trying to do things over and over again. No, that's that's the first act. Yes, and exactly. then the rest of the film is set inside of a whale. Yes, yes, you got it exactly. And then there's forty more and thens, but I don't even need. No. I don't think we need to get into it. Uh uh-uh. I mean, so, you can't spoil this. No. Something that struck me about this film is the choice to include at the very beginning and the very end the kind of thing that I was looking for this show to be about. Okay. <laughs> Really stretching the bounds of storytelling, really throwing away plot and keeping character and just showing they show like the lives of the four or five different characters that are the main characters of this. And we just get like flash, 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 flash. And I guess in animation, you can do whatever you want. It's not like you have Mm -hmm. to build a set and it's like we paid for the set. We're using it. Right. It's going to be set here. But you still have to do cells and stuff like that and mm-hmm. you can't use background cells so like the the intensity and the amount of work it must have taken to show and i don't know how many cuts it was let's say 50 i think that's probably conservative yeah 50 different scenes of just i'm um, punching a guy in a bar i'm breastfeeding my baby we'll get to it i'm you know working in a shop i'm handing things down on the street i'm right. combing my hair like right. it's just all these little slices of life like i, oh, I want this like yeah. great here we are right no that's just the beginning mm-hmm and then we go into the story and then we go into the whale and it's yeah. just in the whale. Yeah. And something else that I guess how I if I like this or not. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing no. This was a real watch looker for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, I can't get around it. Like the visuals are fantastic. Probably the for me, both the pinnacle and the nadir of the film was the balloon dance sequence inside the whale. Where oh my God! Mion's sister, whose name I can't remember now. I think it's like Yang or something like that. Yay? Yang. <laughs> okay. I think. Isn't it now? Here. Okay. Well, Yan. It's Yan. Yan. All right. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, they do. They go on this like. I, I think it's supposed to represent, not partially. It's supposed to be halfway like the carefree life that they live here in the whale. This yeah. is their hukuna matata sort of moment. Right. But it's also maybe like a little too. The smiles like really. They're smiling like it's they're kind of losing it like being yeah. isolated uh-huh. so it's like this crazy sequence of like trippy colors and Jan is like dressed up in this outfit and she's got like they get they have all this junk in the whale that the whale has yeah. swallowed so it's mm-hmm. like a cargo culty castaway kind of thing yeah and they've apparently they got balloons somewhere so she's got <laughs> like these balloons on her boobs that she fills up with water and there's like fish swimming in water and then she blows up like a balloon dick too yeah and then she's going like boom 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 she's running yeah, around exactly and then the guys like string 
like cardboard tubes to their dicks and then people are like playing yeah. double dutch on their dicks yeah and it's like i know i was like what is happening but if you just sat me down like say you took me to uh like a modern art museum okay and you just said here's a like a 15 minute short by a japanese uh, filmmaker and sure. anime guy and it was just like the craziest parts of the whale what i'm describing sequence. yes i'd be like interesting huh well wow, it's really it's really out there right removed completely from context nothing there but you have a story and i'm locked into your story and then you abandon your story but even before you abandon it you abandon it because he can come back from being dead in reverse time so nothing right. has any weight and i know you're saying just relax and enjoy it all right but then you know make it more enjoyable <laughs> because like i said what you hooked me in with was a series of images and the human brain is amazing in that even if you just show me i was actually reading about this in the spare time that i had with all these long ass movies we watched um because we watched 10 hours of devil man cry baby right but i was reading an article about the mind's ability to assemble narratives from things you know it's one of the things they do when you get hit in the head you have suffer a brain injury yeah uh they'll give you like a list of things and it's like judy's got a box and she opens it and there's a puppy and then later on she's burying the puppy maybe not this okay. maybe not this all right i got fired from my job writing uh, medical aids but <laughs> uh and you start to put a story together it's like oh i'm interested in the stories of these people that's a, the movie is just basically us discoing inside of a whale yeah <laughs> yeah um the part that you're talking about where she like splashes different color paint on herself with the the water balloon boobs and then like presses herself against paper yeah. that they have uh and it's on a crank and it's circular that was the yeah that was the sort of bakshi-esque bakshi est isk yeah. stuff um like you said if it was on its own like it would fantasia. be yeah fantasia yeah once again, we're getting ahead of ourselves because we be... want to talk about nonlinear narratives and right. also cinematic tone poems. But like, if you saw something like that in Fantasia, yeah, it would, and it just detached from anything else, and you're supposed to go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right, right. But like, and I don't mean like the, the alligator dances with the hippo part of Fantasia. Like, right. I mean the parts where it's literally just things appear on screen and there's music. Mm -hmm. But this, I feel like, almost took me out of it because I felt <laughs> like, what am I? What am I watching? Well, you have just enough information about the characters and what's at stake here that you keep thinking this has something to do with something. Yeah, like and this is going to the help them is, get out. It or does something. not. No, it does not. No, there's no weight. He has. He tells the story. Nishi tells the story to Mion at one point where there's people <laughs> on a planet and they eat this one creature's poop. Yes. <laughs> and then suddenly they're inside Mion and like. He's like, don't flush them. They're coming out. Right. It's like, oh, my God. And that's the thing that ultimately breaks the ice between them. Yeah. Because she's had a fiance this entire time. Uh, and yeah. he really wants to get with her. But that's what seals the deal. The poop story. The, the eating, she's like, eating, I want to have sex with the you The eating now. poop story. Yeah. Works every time. Forget your Colt 45. I just come on. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be weird. I know. I can't remember if this was part of that, but there are these sort of... Um, flights uh, to other places and there's one where he has a fantasy that he is now a very famous yeah mangaka yeah and his fans come up to him and they do that thing where it's like 
oh, do, do you have any advice for us? And it's like, do your best all the time. And they yeah. do that, like the pastel, you know, emphasis, like single frame type thing. Yeah. And then he goes and like eats crab with them and stuff like that. And yeah, anyway. I know. That, I could relate to that because yeah. that's what he wanted. It was like a, you know, I don't know if the, the movie was trying to say, because ultimately the movie is, here's here's the end. The end is they all have to work together yep. to row fast enough to get out of the whale's mouth, mm-hmm. but also run? Yes. That's just a surreal part. That doesn't really matter. It is. But you have to wonder if any of this is actually happening. Yeah. There are movies that I like that use that, but there are sometimes if none of it means anything, I'm like, I don't care. I'm out. Why, why, why do I care? Why am I watching this? Yeah. But it's about working together and it's about, you know, not compromising yourself, mm-hmm. which again, 99% of animes are about that. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as... Yuasa-san can push the boundaries of animation. I'm going to harp on this thing. I can't push the boundaries of my criticism of him. It's just the same stuff. He's a young guy who, you know, loves this girl or thinks he does. Maybe he learns how to love her better by the end, living in the whale. Right. But he also loves her boobs, which are gigantic. Yes. We'll talk about this in a second, but Yuasa seems uh. to have a real thing. Yuasa seems to think that big boobs is a, is a character yeah. description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's this character like? Big boobs? Gotcha. Right, exactly. Like that's a all right. That's a character trait that um then I know what this character is. That's all we need about. to know. Yeah, exactly. And then isn't Jan maybe it's unisex, but isn't Jan kind of a man's name? I I don't I don't know. It sounds kinda like a man's name. Um I don't know off the top of my head. But um That's she, fine. She does shave her head at one yes, point. She becomes very uh, masculinized yeah. as the film goes on mm-hmm. and I'm like what are you and then oh, so at the end of the film we also get a series of lot of cuts too yes. that are both flashes back but also flashes forward now mm-hmm. to what I assume are potential um, futures for these that's characters that's what I assumed and Jan is like an astronaut and she's doing all these traditionally male things bodybuilding yes and I'm uncomfortable with the suggestion that she has to become unfeminized in order to do those things yeah i it didn't sit well japan. with japan either japan yeah what are we doing yeah back way back in uh, the night is short there's a character who is your typical bishonen like male kind of character to the point where he often dresses as a woman yeah and the women love him the men love him everybody loves him and he gets into the situation where don underwear has yeah. unconsciously fallen in love with this character when he was dressed as a woman, he's confronted with that fact. And I'm not saying that he instantly is going to flip orientation, but he is very uncomfortable about this fact. And the movie plays it up as much as possible until, oh, thank God, some other woman can run in and take the kiss from him. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's 2018. Yeah, I know. What are we doing? Why are are we doing this? Yeah. Like, and at first it seems like Don Underwear is going to accept him, but then they're both like, Oh, please, something happened. Like, both of them don't want it for some reason. Which, complete, considered Which completely like, separate from connotations, was funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was a funny situation. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like, what are, you, what are you saying? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Uncomfortable. It's like, oh, men dressing up as women, it's still something to laugh at. Yeah. Um, which I feel like the world that we live in today, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It's 2018. Yeah. Anything else about mind game um it's a very navel gazy yeah thing 
And I think I asked you off the air. It seems like all navel gazing films or all the I gotta become something more. I gotta yeah, put away these childish things. Exactly. They're all by male creators. Yes. Do women ever write stories like that? And the answer is yes. I'm sure it is. Tweet to us. Let me know. But it just seems like all these jerk offy films <laughs> are by men. And I guess you have to have something to jerk. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Get me out of that bad joke. I don't know how. I don't know. Yeah. Nishi and Old Man are both kind of pervs. So. To the point, yeah, and, and the movie really steps on the gas to the point where we get it. The, this is a weird situation. You all live in an Ewok village inside of a right uh, inside of a whale, and so the toilet's not going to be world class. Right. But at one point, Mion, the sexualized female character who yeah. has no character other than her boobs. Yep. Um, who, by the way, Jan wants to to go to space or whatever. Uh, what's his name? Wants to be uh, Nishi. Wants to be a uh, uh, mangaka. Yeah. Uh, the old man wants to get back to his life and get forgiveness for leaving his wife and every, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. What does Mion want? I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Like, at first, it's like, oh, she wants to get married to Ryo, her her fiancé. Right. But... All she does is kind of realize that she's sort of taken Yon for granted. Yeah, exactly. And she... <laughs> anyway, she goes to poop and everybody that. watches her. Yeah. And the movie makes a big deal out of them watching her. And then she's like, please keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> Which, is, yeah, I mean, there's a practical side of it. And you go, what? What? That would be a problem. Right. Yeah, but your your focus and emphasis of it is, yeah. is weird. It you, is weird. You weirdo. Yeah. Um, we ain't even into the weird yet. Yeah, I know. So from here, we... Oh, sorry. Last thoughts? Um, Last thoughts? You don't I, have to make up any if you don't have any. I, I didn't really enjoy this film. No. It it was agonizing um the the <laughs> length um the and amount of time they spent in the whale i kept thinking they were going to get out i kept thinking it was going to be like another 15 minutes like the first two like like when he gets killed and then he you know meets kamisama and then they get chased by the yakuza is it all a dream right is this all his story as right. as a a creator of manga we flash when they get out of the whale, we immediately flash back to the beginning of the movie and to the older Yakuza guy. So right. it's like, is it his dream or his imagined? Did he fall asleep in the car? Right. I don't mind narratives like that, dream stories, but I want to know whose it is. This thing yeah. is totally detached. It, it wasn't very clear. They didn't go uh, esoteric enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, and the ending, once again, if you put this in this um, hypothetical art in, uh, installation that I've got, right. if you've got the ending where we just see that four characters have to row over this waterfall, or you cut and show us that it's a whale, they never really show the whale. No, not really. Anyway, um, and so they're they're rowing, and at one point the boat falls apart, so now they're just running. Remember running? Right. They're just running, 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 and he's like... And then they get out, but they're still running. And he's like, literally, like he's. They do that anime thing where they step on pieces of like sh- shrapnel or rubble yes. in the air. Uh-huh. And then at one point, he like steps on a fly. Yeah. And like all that was like awesome, but <laughs> just in context of like, I'd like to finish the story now, please. Right. And you're right. Exactly. It's just, it's galling. Yeah. There's a cutaway. There's a bunch of cutaways, but there's one cutaway where like he's running and like he steps down and he, his ankle breaks. Yes. Because we flash back to him as a kid and his mother's like, you got to drink your milk or your bones will be weak. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no. 
And then, but it flashes back again, and his mother's like, oh, he didn't drink it. I'll just put it in his soup or whatever. Yeah. And then his bone like heals. Yes. <laughs> I would have wanted like a whole movie of that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's so tied to this just tired thing about like, I got to become better and be a man. Yep. I got to be, have more courage and. Let's get out of this. Yeah. Let's okay. w- in our non-linear thing, let's just jump out of this okay. and maybe never come back. <laughs> when I was thinking about non-linear narratives and kind of freaky-deaky psychedelic films, things that aren't so concerned about you knowing exactly what's going on, yep. as is simply creating an emotion, a tone poem. That's sure. what that means, literally. I was thinking about things like, well, Koyaanisqatsi, <laughs> but that's maybe a little different. Um any of the works of Michel Gondry. Yes. But certainly Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Yeah. Um, tree of Life, bitch. <laughs> yep. Any I of know. the works of Terrence Malick, mm-hmm. who definitely sets out to say, uh, life is crazy. And sometimes you got to s- s- take a moment to spell Mellow Roses. Right. Or whatever the particular right. thing is. Uh, he definitely sets out at the beginning and says, this is what it is. And also... Sean Penn walking around Dallas. Right. Um, oh, I should say that pretty much all of his films, um, Yuasa's films, are set in Kyoto. Oh, okay. Uh, as was Tatami Galaxy. Okay. Uh, anyway, moving back. Um, he sets out what it's going to be about Knight of Cups. Yeah. Men make mistakes and it's hard to avoid temptation. And then yeah. we just see a bunch of unconnected things that resolve themselves into a narrative. Right. You're, that was a big sigh. I like that kind of stuff. And so when I found out or discovered that this was what it was going to be, I just wished that I had liked it more. Yeah. Arrival. Arrival. There's a female navel gazy thing. Yes. That's about a woman. Yes. And her baby. Yes. Which all women things have to be. Yeah, I know. Uh, I liked Arrival, though. Um, Sorry. I thought, I thought it was interesting the way. Um, you know who else liked Arrival? Who? Gaspar Noé. Yeah. yeah. You think so? Well, he walked out of Black Panther. He didn't like the hip hop music. What? Ask me if he's French. <laughs> Is he French? Well, he's Argentinian, but he lived most of his life in France. Okay. Great. That's bad. How do you know that he walked out of Black Panther? Because I saw an interview with him. Oh, okay. But he did like Arrival, though. All right. Let's talk about... Gaspar Noé. Yeah, less. The bad boy of French-Argentine cinema. Yeah. Uh, he exploded onto the Cannes Film Festival circuit scene uh, with his films like I Stand Alone and Irreversible. Uh, Irreversible stars uh, Monica Bellucci and Vincent Castle, um, two French act- actors. Um, mm. And this is the movie that it takes place in reverse. People don't like walk backwards, but it's like... <laughs> The, the acts are kind of flipped. Okay. Sure. And this is the one that's like, it, there's a very brutal rape that happens. Okay. And you've now seen a Gaspar Noé film. Yeah. Do you think there's any cuts? Probably not. There are no cuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, so we, but then we go back and we see their lives like leading up to that and before that. And okay. So, and people shit their pants over this film. All right. Thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And this, that was the bank robbery movie. Right. There's your context. And apparently he just, he made a ton of money off of that. And it was also he could make Enter the Void. Yes. Which is the film that we're going to talk about. Yes. It stars Nathaniel Brown, Paz de la Huerta, and I guess the three principals are them and Sarah Roy. Sure. Plays Alex. Yep. And what's that about? 
Um, Enter the Void is about. And when you do it, when you when you g- give the synopsis, you have to then give a slightly earlier synopsis, then give the entire synopsis again, then let the synopsis kind of trail on for an hour and a half. Oh my god! Sorry, go ahead. Okay, it's about this guy Oscar who's pretty young. Um, he's probably college age, and he's living in Tokyo. Uh, and he is white, white, and he is a drug dealer. Um, and Which uh, Japan, no bueno. No. Um, and I mean, it's not good here, but no, they're real tough on drugs. Yeah. Um, and uh, his friend Alex is trying to talk him out of it. His sister doesn't like that he does it, but it's his the money from the dealing the drugs that brings his sister over to Tokyo as well. Right. Um, they're living together in this small apartment. Um, With short doors. Yes. The doors of, of Tokyo. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> a never, small mini fridge. They never meant a, met a lintel they couldn't bring down by 18 inches. Exactly. Yeah, their mini fridge, yeah. Um, their tiny kitchen and tiny bathroom. Um, and she is working as a stripper. And this, dancer. Uh, dancer, whatever. <laughs> and a club called The Void. No, it's it's no, uh, it's not. sex money. That's right, power. it's sex money power. <laughs> there's this other club called the Void. Yes, there's a it's a bar. That's a bar. Let's um, let's not take as much time as Gaspar Noé took. Okay, he meets his friend Victor, who he's the drug dealer for, at at the Void, and Victor says, "I'm sorry," and then there's a scuffle. There's police there, so he goes to the bathroom, tries to flush the drugs down the toilet. Um, it's not working. He tells them that he has a gun, so he'll shoot. Smart. So then they actually shoot him through the door. Which has got to be, that's an investigation. Yeah. Somebody's saying shimata on that one and losing their job. So then he dies and we see, oh, I should mention that everything has been from his point of view. It's POV. POV. And so then his, the POV goes up above him. So he's looking down on his dead body. Uh, and now then, he's a ghost. Yeah. And then we go all the way back to his childhood and see things that happen. We see his parents get killed I'm tired already. in a <laughs> car accident. And then um, him and his sister do a blood oath that they're going to stick together. <laughs> I know. Um, no. <laughs> and then they get raised by different foster parents. And yeah, um, they have a really weird relationship with each other. It's kind of weirdly... But Gaspar, in a way, it's not enough that two kids, in the wake of their parents' death, emotionally say, we're always going to be together. For him, it's got to be a blood oath. I know. It's a pocket knife out. I know. Little girl's like, I hope you don't got the hip. Let's do this. (laughs) So we get essentially through his recollections, which we're seeing from the back of his head. Yes. It's not POV now. It is um, directly behind him. Yeah. To the point where we live through his murder again. Yep. <laughs> we do. Yep. Then we go forward. Yeah. And Ghosty Guy g- follows the rest of the characters yes. through the horrible pain of their continued existence. Mm-hmm. Until Alex is living on the street to avoid getting picked up by the cops. Yeah. Watch out for those Japanese police, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And... Um, Bad things happen, yada, yada, yada. Let's do something that he's never done, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And it ends, shrug, it ends very uh, un, 
uncertainly, well, unsatisfactorily, but definitely uncertainly. Yep. Um, and he's kind of, maybe he's, he's reincarnated. Yeah. But it's like he's being born to his mom again. Yes. You forgot that his friend, Alex, yes. who really doesn't do anything in the story except no. introduce Oscar to the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Yes. Which and serves as the guidepost for his experiences yes. or what, at least what we experience uh, throughout the film. And also the fact that he takes a big old hit of DMT right before yes. he's killed. Uh-huh. Gaspar Noé is an atheist, up and down, left and right. And so this may seem like a very spiritual movie, and I don't think that he would necessarily... I don't think he would necessarily not like people describing it as a sort of spiritual exploration, mm-hmm. but it's not. he's not trying to say that there's an afterlife. To him, this is all like a DMT trippy hallucination that he alex or oscar is having Mm -hmm. as he dies yeah although there is the suggestion maybe leaving the door open for that yeah somehow you're reincarnated into yourself or something like that right and live your life over again right you know for a guy that doesn't believe in ghosts a lot of ghosts yeah a lot of ghosts in this movie yeah you have an idea you have 12 and a half million dollars or euros i should say um you're your own editor and screenwriter. Yeah. So therefore, your movie's going to be 161 minutes long. <laughs> and it, and it, you feel every minute. And there of was it. a long ver- we watched the long version. Did we? There was a cut down version. I think there there was a rough cut that was um, shown at Con, and everybody crapped themselves. Although some people have said everything that we have said. Um, one person called it tedious and puerile. Yeah. And that would be another good see that. title for this show. Yeah. This is just a bunch of works. Oh, we skipped one because it's the best. We'll save it for last. Okay. Uh, that they're just tedious and puerile. Yeah. Because this movie goes on forever. It does. And it it spares no uh, opportunity to just be as depressing and gritty yep. and vulgar mm-hmm. and sexual mm-hmm. uh, and explicit as it can. Yeah. And that's it. That's no way up, down, left, right. That's yeah. him and everything. Well, and then towards the very end of the movie, I mean, we can do spoilers, I guess. Please. Um, Save people. The, 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 the Wikipedia entry for the plot in this is yeah. like six short paragraphs long. Yeah. It should be. There should be a law that it has to be four times <laughs> that, <laughs> that long. This does not tell you how long the movie is. No. Um, there's a sequence in a love hotel. Um, and at first, we're not sure if it's the model that his one friend has made it's both okay because he said they set this up early in the film yeah where i don't know where oscar's like wouldn't it be cool if like everybody we knew was in this hotel and they're all having sex yeah and in the movie we cut to everybody what is clearly not like the street it's like sort of the the model basically and all the characters in the film are all present getting it on yeah and then there's some people who we don't know who they are because we couldn't see their faces but their crotches were glowing so yep that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it was weird. And then and then um, Alex and his sister Linda are having sex, and he goes into Alex's brain. Sometimes he gets to possess people. Yeah. And then he goes inside of his sister's womb and sees. Yeah. 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 Great. Good the, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's see, just it's too weird, much. but I'm good with all that. 
if we had if we had gotten to that early on and not had this i would have cut the entire the whole point is that you can tell it out of sequence and yeah. also alex mentions that when people die their spirit you know is they see everybody they know their spirit is encouraged to move on mm-hmm. and if they resist that things will get bad they'll start having nightmares and stuff and mm-hmm. i think that's the explanation of and you could have cut this because there isn't enough of this but that's the explanation of him suddenly he's alive yeah and, but he's like a zombie or something i think it was a he was inside a dream in his sister's head You're right his sister's dream but also yeah. just you know the idea of experiencing these nightmares yeah and th- that could have been cut um mm-hmm. there's a scene later on where his sister is hanging out with the artist and his yeah. girlfriend or just another one of the dancers and they're no having idea. like a big orgy or something yeah now that was all that real is what was cut out of the shorter like theatrical american version okay there's sure. a bunch he even he knew that there's a we could lose 20 minutes here sure but i would have lost the whole tell the whole thing and we go back and we get his entire life story and then the movie kind of starts again yeah why couldn't you we see a lot of those images later on and Noe does a lot of things where he's sort of calling out the um the the connections you know the overlap of some of these images you know it becomes confused there's a these sort of hazy vignettes you know of his childhood you know where he's he's napping in the middle of the day and his sister's you know napping in in the bed next to him and then later on we see him laying down in like his apartment or the same room you know from his childhood and he sees his adult sister there you know we yeah. start to get these resonances between the images that's great but you could have done all that without doing a whole nother movie that is the story of the back of this guy's head yeah right it's just not this is not paste no it's it's not he cites kubrick as a influence and i guess yes. i can see that what do you think kubrick would have thought of this film i think he would have thought it was tedious kubrick would have been like you cut it up a little bit yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. I mean, Kubrick is is weird, and he does all these weird things, but it it doesn't self indulgent taste well. Self indulgent. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Sure. You know. I I feel like I would it's argue taste that well though. Kubrick. Yeah. Mm, you I don't think, think so? He basically just takes an incomplete on pace. Okay. And just tells the story that he wants to tell. Okay. But speaking of tone poems, like a lot of his scenes are set up to give you an idea or a feeling about something mm-hmm. like I don't know, the first thing that springs to mind is like the non uh, verbal storytelling like when the, the astronauts are like talking about Hal and about how like sure. I don't know if we can this is we got to get rid of this guy yeah and we have that sequence where we see Hal you know looking at them yeah. without t- telling us anything we, we understand that Hal is like reading their lips and that yes. scene goes on for like a while like, yeah we kind of get it true you know, even back in 69 or whatever, I think audiences could have got that. But we stay there because the sort of dread goes because we kind of, without seeing a face or anything, we kind of get the idea that Hal is kind of becoming malicious. dread. Yeah. And malicious, but he's also thinking, these guys are going to kill me. And like his computer sort of fear or concern is kind of rising. Yeah. I feel like that's the way that Kubrick uses his things. Now, you can argue with me about the the monkey <laughs> beginning of the film. Yeah. Does that go yeah. on too long? Maybe yeah, it does. it does a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I just think that Noe has these ideas and then he just sits and just marinates him and, in them and it doesn't have to be that long. No, it doesn't. We, I mean, we can get the idea. Like, we see his sister getting an abortion 
And I mean, that's incredibly we, clinical. That's not, we see his sister getting an abortion. Yeah. And then later, they focus in on the fetus, which good stuff. you can see. This movie never met it's like, oh my goodness. something that it couldn't fly into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's not even consistent. No. Because it's always, we're going to fly into circular things. Yeah. Presumably because he will be reborn at the end and come out of a circular thing. Right, exactly. Got it? Yeah. But then, oh, sometimes it'll be square. a baby. Yeah. Or, some, or sometimes it's a square because then I want to fly out of one of the paintings. Yeah. Just make the paintings round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just make, this guy makes round paintings. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, at one point we go up to an airplane and his parents are there breastfeeding. Yeah, his parents are self. in the plane. This is the part, this is near the end where I think that he's, his spirit is kind of having these nightmares and losing it though. Because he seems like he's going to fly up, we assume, to heaven or just at least away right. from this area of Shinjuku that he is yeah. obsessed with. And then he goes in the plane and sees a couple who couldn't be his parents, but they are played by the actors yes. who are his parents. And I feel like that sort of spurs him to go back, kind of. Uh-huh. Or maybe he does. And there's that. And then we see the scene where his sister finally meets up with Alex and they get in this taxi, yep. and Alex has been homeless for weeks now, but it seems yep. like things are going to be okay. And they're in a car crash, but we don't know if they really are or not, because it yes. immediately cuts to... The so that's hotel. my question for you. Let's try to get one thing out of this film. Okay. It's a very cynical film. Yeah. But it also seems to suggest that, and again, it's not spiritual, but there is some sort of rebirth possible... That there is something good in life, maybe, yeah. I guess, flying right. into a fetus, yeah. an aborted fetus. Do they really die at the end? Or is that another I don't think they do. I think it's another nightmare. But then they go to... A love hotel. But not a real love hotel. They are in the model with all the other characters. Yeah. It's a real Titanic staircase moment. Yeah, it is. So what the hell? Um, I think that's what really happens, though, even though it's kind of like a weird dream sequence. It's both. Yeah, it's both. Okay. Um, I yeah, I think he's having more nightmares, and them getting in a car crash is a nightmare. It's kind of cheap, so I'm just gonna say that it's <laughs> there's it's not. Well, there's real. a lot of cheap stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was more cheap stuff. It might move the mo- uh, movie along a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, Nathaniel Brown plays Oscar. He is not. I mean, he's an actor. He's got an IMDb page, but he is right. a, an aspiring director, at least was at the time. Okay. And Noe cast him because, number one, he thought that a character whose face appears only twice in the film, yep. an actor is not going to want to play that character. Right. Because and you want facial recognition. And... Sure. Yeah. yeah. You'd be uncomfortable doing that. Although Casey Affleck. Yeah. I know. Is that movie a remake of this? Oh an American my God. remake of this? Mm. Yeah, we if I hope we had one day more, we probably would have watched that oh and then God. there wouldn't have been any more shows from us. <laughs> um so yeah, he's uh he's that um he also thought that Brown would be as a aspiring filmmaker would just like the experience. Like he'd like sure. to be on a set. And technically, I mean you can't fault the technical aspects of this film like it really right. is incredible almost everything is you know top down which i think gets old real fast but to accomplish that and to use the practical sets in which a character we see the top of their head leave a room and then enter another room yep. the sort of crane work you'd have to do mm-hmm. and then even the you know the cheats the cgi when we're flying through some of those streets aren't real right but blending that with i mean it's all 
you got to stand up yeah. and give it for that. But yeah. in service of what? I I don't know. Showing the colorful Tokyo. Um, Oli, or not Oli Alexander. He played um, Victor. Um, Sio Roy, uh, you can kind of tell, was not like a real experienced actor. Mm-hmm. You get that a lot in this film. Yeah. And I think it really weakens things. Yeah. Like the only real quote unquote actor is Paz de la Huerta, who right. I don't think is like super great. No. Um, she was the first one cast, I think. Yeah. In this film. Um, she can scream. Yeah. Um, I think she maybe. She can, she can strip. Yeah. <laughs> She's, sometimes they, first of all, can we not have female leads be strippers anymore come on man but anyway often they cast like a female you know ooh, jessica chastain is gonna strip in this movie and it's like who would watch this stripper it's very awkward it is but it's like does she have another career i think she can make a lot of money she's a pretty good stripper yeah i know um and i mean that that's a compliment well, and there's this weird scene where she's wearing a bikini top, but it's not quite covering her her. They have breasts. a very a borderline incestuous relationship. Yeah, and... It's a love story. It's weird. And they, well, it, well, he's French. Uh, no, um, it's racist. Um, it's countryist. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. It's, okay. we, it's absolutely weird, but I liked the idea that it, it's a love story. They just happen to be siblings. siblings. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, we've all gotten over that Jamie and Cerise are brother and sister at this point, haven't we? Yeah, you're Like, right. it's just a love story between yeah. them. Um, I'm not condoning anything. Check your local laws. But right. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was okay. We understood his motivation and why he didn't want to let go. Yeah. It could have just been, I really care about her. Plus, that little girl's going to cut me if I don't yeah, <laughs> maintain right? this blood oath. Right. But it did get weirdly sexual. It did. And it's like, get a girlfriend. Yeah. Who's not like your mom. Or your friend's mom. Yeah, exactly. So. But that's Noe's, he's he's a provocateur. You know, one of his favorite, his favorite director is Kenneth Anger. Like, he's trying to get a rise out of us. Right. He's trying to say, you know, parallels between love and he's his sister is very sexual and he's sort of drawn in by that and then he's also the oedipal sort of memories of his childhood yes. of his mother and stuff like that and it's yeah. like that's the least weird thing in this film you think so yeah that's the thing that you can like chart psychologically okay like a therapist would go oh yeah sure you show some <laughs> the therapist some of the other stuff and they're like get out of my office <laughs> any last thoughts um, let's get to the good stuff we've earned it candy yeah, um, there's a sign right across from his apartment that says enter. Um, yep. I just want to mention that. <laughs> yep. Because then he goes to the void. So, yep. there you go. And the everybody th- talks about the credits. In fact, when I've heard this movie praised, sometimes it's for the um, unique cinematography, but often it's for the credits. Like the beginning credits yes, where things are flashing. just flashing at us? Yep. This is the not use of typography. Good, uh-huh. Yeah, this is not the first thirty seconds. Well, two <laughs> two minutes, uh, and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, like a roller coaster, uh, which they ride. It's not a film for people who are epileptic. No, um, no, no, no. There's no. a lot of flashing. There lights. is no version that you could watch. No. So, I yeah. guess trigger warning there. Yeah. We did it. We made it. Yeah. Finally. Whew. Do you want to talk about Devil Man Cry Baby? Yeah, let's talk about Devil Man Cry Baby. Okay, this is still on Netflix now. Yep. This is real recent, recent. and yep. available on mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, I will also post, um, you can get Into the Void on uh, Blu-ray. 
Uh, you can get uh, Night is Short, I believe. Okay. Uh, I know you can get Mind Game. So I'll okay. have links to all that in the show notes if you want to check these movies out. But don't spoil Devil Man Cry Baby. Just okay. give the setup. I won't, I won't spoil it. Give the setup. Um, so the setup is there are these two um, boys who grew up together. And they're very different from each other. Did they blood oath? <laughs> no. Oh. Thankfully. Real is very like straightforward and... Um, practical almost to a point um akira is very there's a name for that sorry to interrupt he, yeah. there's a name for that he's that character in anime you know yeah. the pushes up his glasses right often wearing white clothes right he's the smarty you know the spock type character yes yeah. exactly uh he's a professor so <laughs> yeah um even though he's really young 18 yeah um and then akira is kind of Akira a Fudo. yeah it's kind of a crybaby. he cries very often at the drop of a hat there's this one we're shown this vignette of like this little kitten and real is like it's gonna die you know it's gonna die soon just let me kill it and he puts out he gets like a He's razor got his blade knife. um <laughs> and akira's like no no you don't mean it no it's not true and all this stuff right. and then the cat dies and Akira is sad and he's crying and Ryo is like, why are you crying? You one knew is practical, it was one's emotional. Yeah, exactly. What happens? Um, running. There, Yeah, running is huge in this. Um, <laughs> like uh, being part of the track team. Uh, there are demons in this world. And uh, so Ryo comes back into Akira's life and is telling him about these demons and how we need to stop them. So... Rill takes him to this club that is highly sexualized. Um, there are lots of women with just underwear on, gyrating. Too, and, too much detail. Yeah. Okay. We get it. Um, Orgy club. And so Rill, like, takes a bottle and, like, literally starts cutting people so the the demons would be attracted to um, uh, this orgy of sorts. And they are. What happens? And they are. And uh, Akira gets uh, possessed by one, um, and he becomes a devil man. Um, What's that? A devil man is a demon with a human heart. Demon with a human heart. So he's a good guy, and he's going to all the strengths, none of the weaknesses. Yeah, he's the he, blade of demons. Yes, and he's going to kill all the demons and protect all the humans. Yes. Um, that's essentially the gist of the show. That's the pitch. Yeah. Nice. It's ten episodes. Yep. As Long and indulgent, and I guess we've proven that those movies aren't that long. Yeah. But as long as they feel, uh, and indulgent as they are, I feel like Devilman Crybaby is the complete opposite. I feel like that too. I'm yep. not going to look it up right now. Of course, this is based on the original Devilman property by Go Nagai, which was even itself based on Demon Lord Dante, I think, which okay. all have similar sort of stories. The idea that there are demons in the world... And Akira Fudo or a character like that is you know, possessed by a demon and becomes the demon that's going to fight the other demons. Right. And then it gets apocalyptic. Yeah, it does. In the grand really tradition fast. of anime stories, it starts off with like, we're a high school track team to like, the earth is destroyed. Yeah, exactly. Um, not to ruin anything. No. And I think, like I said, we should, as much as we can, not try to spoil this. Okay. Because it's a ride. Yeah, it is. Probably could have been eight instead of ten, but I'm glad it's ten. It is. 
it felt because it could have been good. eighteen. Yeah, I and know. And there would have been so much filler. Yeah. Any other like anime or, or OVA or whatever, mm-hmm. it just would have gone on and on and on, and we would have went, oh, this week we have to run against these people, and right. the, mo- it, the show sets everything up and then immediately sweeps it away mm-hmm. to get to the next thing. Yeah, there is no filler. And okay, Akira is a young boy. Who really wants to make it happen? Yep. Needs to stand up for himself. Yep. <laughs> Except for that part. Th- there, This is as, as progressive as the other ones are regressive, in yes. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Even as the animation, in comparison to those earlier works we talked about, is the most conventional. And yeah, again, I would agree with that. Most conventional with crazy, like, our crumb Demons. in hell. Yeah. B- boobs with mouths in them. Yes. And just some really nutty visuals. Yeah. You know, it's... It's so, tell me what you think about this. Um, it, in, considered all 10 things, it's about, it's biblical. Yeah. Like without giving anything away, agree if you that. know anything about Revelation, mm-hmm. we hit all the sweet spots of Revelation. Yeah. And it starts with, like you said, like we, we get the uh, uh, idea and the opinion that this is a world that is our world, but maybe a little in the future. That is, you know, gone to the dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, there are still nice Japanese houses yep. where Akira lives with the Mikimura family. Yeah. But this is, there is, you know, sex and licentiousness and like people don't care about it. There's a, the hot TV show is called Drug Lady. Yeah. <laughs> Just like. I, know. I don't know how that translates. I'd love to uh, get the opinion of a Japanese speaker, but like if you were just going to have. You know, what's right after Milf Island right. uh, on Fox, Drug Lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you could find a worse name for a a lady, be Drug something. Yeah. Maybe the FCC will let it through. But yeah. there is no FCC in this world. No. And uh, the more you look at it, you're, more, you're like, well, it's not that different from our world. No. Uh, th- it's very pointed in its um, commentary, its social commentary. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately the point or the moral of the story is that it's more it's important that we accept each other i think yes. there's a real um gay metaphor okay. there's literally a yeah. gay character which is very progressive i think for anime mm-hmm. and he's not judged for his gayness at all no but just there's a part later on it's hard to talk about it without saying specifics yeah, you but you know what i'm talking it. about yeah. mm-hmm. there's a part later on where a character sort of does a thing makes a post on social media and yeah this this show has a lot to say about social media because yeah, often you see the comments that are like, F you, and like, oh, you're full of shit and all this stuff. But there's like comments where people are like kind of feeling what she's putting down kind of accepting it. And it, yeah, I mean, the character we're talking about, of course, is Mickey, yeah. Mickey Makamura, yeah. who is a lady. Yep. She's, <laughs> I don't think that she falls into the sort of uh, vein that we've complained about. Right. Because... She is perfect, but she's not, I don't know, maybe you can take over for me. But I think that she is perfect, but she's not a manic pixie dream girl. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's a three-dimensional character who whose only characteristics aren't that she's just perfect. She's I think she has some flaws in that she, I think she's over-trusting of people. Yeah, her flaws are, I'm, I'm too responsible. Yeah. Sometimes I'm too punctual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think she trusts the photography guy. She's naive. Way too much. Yes. Yes. Because she's so pure. Yeah. And again, this goes into 
these sort of religious sort of ideas, but she's so pure that she doesn't protect herself against people trying to manipulate exactly. her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's the best runner at their high school. Yeah. Um, and Akira, which Akira running again? Gets, what is it with yeah. Yuasa and running? As far as I know, that the whole track running thing—that's his addition. Like yeah. that is not in the original. Yeah. Uh, manga. Um, Loves running. Yeah. Akira gets better at running once he's possessed by a demon. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, I liked so. Miki. Um, I liked the... It passes the Bechdel test. Yeah. Because I liked the conflict between Miki and Miko. Yeah. A.K.A. Miki. Yeah. But I don't know if this is a thing in Japanese schools, but yeah, the one girl's name Miki, the other name's Miki, but they like the one Miki better, so they call the other Miki Miko. Yeah. Which is infuriating to her yeah and it's she's all she's she could just be another miki like she is somebody who is very fastidious you know and she's a good runner and she wants to be great but it's that sort of you get this female conflict that happens you know i assume in high school Mm -hmm. where you have frenemies and and that sort of thing i mean i'm i'm reducing it here but yeah i felt that that was well realized yeah you have this awesome scene near the end where she, you know, tells her that she, you know, hated her for all these reasons, but yet she loves her because, of course, she loves her. And Miki tells her, you know, I knew that and I understood that. And you get the sense that Miki was hurt by it because she didn't know how to reach out to her friend. And it's just like, it's really touching. Yeah. And then the apocalypse. Yeah, I know. Um, what, do, what, what do you have to say? <laughs> I've been talking for um, a long time. Uh, it's, I, I think it's really touching in a lot of ways. Um, Akira wants to save everybody mm-hmm. like he really really wants that i mean that's the pureness of heart that he still has yeah and he's not able to save everyone and that's really detrimental to him he i mean it just makes him so upset i mean yeah he's a he cries a lot he's a cry baby but it's not i think a lot of times it's earned it's um he's selfless yeah yeah um, and Even as a devil man. Yeah. And he really wants to save everyone. Um, and it's upsetting when he's not able to do that. And it's, it's, a, it's a real problem. I mean, it's, I think that's, I would call this cynical, but not like Gaspar Noé's cynical. I would mm-hmm. call this cynical in terms of it being realist. Because yeah. the fact of the matter is, you can't save everybody. Even if you're a super powerful yeah. demon, you know the most powerful characters in this thing aren't getting what they want, right? And there's nothing they can do about it. And it's just a commentary on the human condition. And I, I like the fact that this is very timely. I mean, it's so timely. Uh, we see Trump in the Oval Office. Yeah, I know. But there's a character who, once this sort of demon thing gets out there, starts to really play on people's fears and paranoia and turns people against each other with social media, with television, with demagoguery. Yeah. And it's all things that it's like, yeah, man. I mean, we don't have demons in our real world, but I could I could see this. You got some and The online comments people. are so shitty. And they're so... I don't know who wrote them, but they're so they capture the spirit of being in a YouTube comment section yeah. so well mm-hmm. to the point where I mean they call out. So <laughs> you can help me with this, maybe. It seemed like the uh, Mickey Mora family. Yeah, I think the dad is white. I think so, but like, I don't know why they're not the Johnson family or something like that. But whatever. Oh, that's a good. Question. Maybe they're trying to assimilate. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but so he and he seems like a real. He's very religious. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, fits with He's what we're doing. He's reading the Bible with Taro. Yeah. Um, which is uh, Mickey's, yeah, little brother. Yep. 
<laughs> but they're like calling out Mickey for being a half breed, which is like classy internet, classy. Yeah. But at one point, somebody's like, her dad runs a vegetarian restaurant. Oh my comments, god! Which is like, yeah, to somebody who is just their balls are on fire, yeah. you know, hating on somebody on the internet. Like that's that's what they came up with, right? I've seen that a million times, right? Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um. Well, or one and person's think, like, it's a demon fire sale. Like, what are you talking about? I know. Well, I think they try to make uh, Mickey look like a f- half of a foreigner with her eyes. She's got very nice. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. And they're very big. Um, so I think that they really ch- are trying to aim for that. Um, and people are rude to her because of that. Like, she gets, people are like, well, maybe you're a demon and right. that sort of thing. And, you know, they call her the witch. Yeah, the witch of um, something, something, something high. high school. Yeah, yeah. Cowabunga high. Yeah, because she's okay. so fast, so she has to be a witch. Yeah, yeah. Well, really, it's the white jeans in her. <laughs> oh, let's go back in time, ghost. <laughs> Take that thing that I set away. Um, anything else? Is it more? I, I. It's like, what's my review? Jesus man, cry baby. Yeah. Um. I, I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, it's not for everyone. No, it's not. This is not for kids. No, it is definitely not for kids. That's one of the things that I really liked about it. And even I watching it was like, jeez, sometimes. But it's it's for adults. Yeah. This is for adult people to contemplate. Mm-hmm. And it I think that I think it going over the top is part of its idiom and its point Mm -hmm. you could you could do a pg-13 version of this no problem probably yeah um i don't think it'd have quite the flair no (laughs) but it it's doing that for a reason there are and and plus you always run into this problem in like high school stories but there are i hope uh, high school stories always take place it's our senior year right and now that we're all 18 we're gonna dot 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 you know And so you run into like a little squicky type stuff, but uh, we want to tell a, car- a story that is about demons trying to destroy the world, but it is also about teenage characters trying to figure out what is going on with them. Yes. And I just think that you really like that. You get, and they don't belabor it. You get these little looks at these characters and their lives and their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this, <laughs> that's why I think that the whole thing with Miko is so tragic is because it's something that I'm sure some girls have had to face. Like she was a runner like Mickey and she was really into sports. Yep. And then her boobs got big. Yeah. And I don't, it doesn't mean you can't run, but right. it, I think that she feels like it's a detriment to her. Yep. And it's so sad that something that some people would be really excited about and is literally, you know, the evidence of her growing up mm-hmm. and, you know, becoming a woman and not a girl anymore. Right. She hates because it gets in the way of like her ambition. Right. For what she wants to do, which is first just be a good runner. And then it's to like, to you know, beat, beat that Mickey. Yeah. yeah. And there's a great thing later on when her attitude changes for reasons mm-hmm. where this whole time she's been watering these um, snapdragon plants outside of her apartment building. Yep. And we see her watering them and clearly, I mean, the flowers, you know, it's a symbol of her youth and beauty and womanhood and all that, you know. T- right. Um, you need, need one hand to, to jerk. What was the thing I said? <laughs> Got to jerk something. Uh, but then later on, like when things are going to hell, like she's sort of, you know, neglected uh, all this and she's forgotten about all that stuff. She didn't right. care anymore. And we get like a real qu- quick look mm-hmm. of 
them them all wilted, you know, and she's because yep. she's forgotten about that struggle anymore. She's forgotten about, you know, being a girl or a woman or whatever. She's just t- totally neglected that mm-hmm. and become something else. And that is good visual storytelling. Yep. We can float around a bathroom ceiling for 10 <laughs> minutes or you could do that and we could just get on with our lives. Yeah. It, Last thoughts. It doesn't um, it doesn't waste time. No. And it. It, it really, doesn't have the time to waste. No. It, it's 10 episodes. It's really keeps a sharp pace. Um, in Campaign your, for a shorter anime. Yeah. Um, it's it's a tight 10, I would say. <laughs> a tight 10. That's my tight 10. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was really good storytelling. And, um, Did you ever see uh, The Big O? I don't think I have. A lot of people, well, some people don't like The Big O. I think The Big O was produced by Studio f- f- Flippy Flop. Mm-hmm. Whatever the studio is, but it was produced specifically with a Western audience in mind. Okay. And so I think a lot of people in Japan are like, no. Okay. And I don't know, something else happened and it just never really broke wide, but it has a very uh, cool premise and setup. It has an interesting story, but they're trapped in the whole giant monster kind of thing in mm-hmm. that every week he's got to get the big O out and fight some monster. And it's sure. like, could we just kind of get to it? Yeah. Even Evangelion, which is 26 episodes and a couple movies, um, mm-hmm. you run into that. Now, part of that is a commentary on storytelling in giant robot shows in that, right. oh, what a weird giant robot show. And then it is not a giant robot show. No. It is not that. And we get there eventually, and it's sort of like it wouldn't work as well if we didn't have a couple sort of plain Jane robot episodes. Mm-hmm. Thermal expansion. <laughs> So I, I wonder what this show would have been like if it was, like I said, just a little more, we got to win that race. Right. <laughs> uh, and then became what it becomes. But then it would just totally be ripping off Evangelion. And he's seen Evangelion. Yeah. Yeah. As we made that point earlier. Yes. There are some things in this that are like, oh, oh, you're just going to do Evangelion now. Well, that's good. <laughs> I like Evangelion. But that's what's going on here. Yeah. Does every Japanese show that references or uses christianity as a starting point have to check evangelion i haven't seen silence uh, i don't know maybe at the end of silence you know that andrew garfield movie yeah there's a giant naked uh ray fall down on top of earth oh boy that's how the Christian thing wrapped up right in uh, 17th century japan i i guess so i don't know you're lost i am so let's go back through it. Okay. <laughs> um, one crazy night. Yes. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night is short. Yeah. Walk on, girl. Up down. Uh, I liked it. Up. Uh, the mind game. Down. Down for you. Uh, run, Lola, run. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> ghost, float, ghost, float. Uh, enter the void. Enter the void. Down. That's a down. Yeah. Koyanis Gatsi, which we'll watch for the show someday. You didn't see it. <laughs> no. And Devil May Cry Baby. That's an up. Thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. No religion in. Well, there's kind of there's is there a religion in uh, the night is short? Mm. It's not really part of it. I don't think it's a big part of it. No more than just in normal traditional Japanese society. Yeah. They um, make them eat the hot food. Yeah. Now you you think that it's it's literally hot. It's I not think like it's literally. Isn't hot. there like spicy ramen or something you could eat? Not I this mean, guy's asking themselves spices, to damage themselves. But I think it literally is hot to, like, the taste, like, hot texture. And Why would they color it red? Because it's hot. Because it's hot. Like, I don't know anything about anime. Yeah. 
Just make him eat hot coals. <laughs> We should just play the beginning again here at the end. Okay. Just really screw with people. All right. And then we'll just play the entire show backwards out again or after out this. Of order. Or backwards. Yeah. Oh, we made it. Yeah. Feels good. It does feel good. Would you want to do something like this again? I don't know. And be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm being perfectly honest. I don't know because some of it was painful to watch, but we think we came out the other side better. So birthed into ourselves yeah again. oh man finally i get to suck on my sister's boob oh just what i always wanted yeah anyway um so i don't know i someday i'd like to revisit the idea of psychedelic films or non-linear narratives there mm-hmm. is a lot to dig into there that's true uh instead we got sidetracked into this um if we just want to wrap up i want to say i'm looking forward to uh what uh Yuasa sun has coming out mm-hmm. i just hope that it's more things like devil man <laughs> Yeah, me too. I think that he uh, has a great visual style, and that's fine. And I, I think if you get him with a good screenwriter, you know, you have something good. Yeah. But sometimes artists, you know, they're just not. Or if he wants to just quit art and work on his writing, fine. But I think he's. Right. That's his bailiwick. Mm-hmm. This crazy kitchen sink approach that he has to art. Right. Well, um,. Something something kitchen sink. You can find us on <laughs> Facebook and Twitter at Just Enough Trope. If you have opinions about some of the stuff that we've talked about, we want to hear them. So please share them with us. You can also find the show if you're not already finding it on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or on Google Play or Google Podcasts or mm-hmm. on Stitcher Podcasts.com. It's real, it's alive. <laughs> get it there as well. All the weird places. Uh, can you get it by flying through a hole in a ghost room or I something? I don't think you can. Maybe you can. <laughs> You'll, you don't know until you try. That's true. Did we talk about Satoshi Kon's work? No, we did not. Really great? No. Yeah, he does that too. Millennium Actress is a great, a positive, good example of a detached narrative that flips around and you don't know which end is up. And sure. I think you were talking about Paprika before. Yeah. Um, that's good too. Because that uses a lot of the same things. Yeah. The idea of dreams. Yes. And film. Film and dreams. Yeah. What a neat combination. It is a neat combination. Sometimes. So find us there. Huh? When you're there on those services, leave us a review, would you? We'd love to hear from you and what you think of the show. And also subscribe. That is the absolute best way to know. There's a new show. Ding. There it is. You can listen to it. And give us a rating. It's important. You mm-hmm. need to know what you think. Hopefully... It's a high rating. Hopefully. And if it's a high rating, then guess what? Those services will know that we're doing a good job. We can move up in those ranks. We can reach other people. So give us five cardboard tubes tied to your dick. Oh, my God. You can just do a double dutch. Like you're running the tires at football camp. Didn't kind of feel like that? Yes. Yeah. Felt It's very fantastic. It was. I'd say see it. Really? Yeah. Just Aww. know what you're getting into. Be Have a dab hand with the fast forward button. Yeah. And just don't think that, you know, mind game will not blow your mind. Oh, I want you to know something else. <laughs> yeah? This story never ended. Oh, yeah. Right. We exactly. didn't talk about pretension at all. <laughs> now that we're free and clear, don't be pretentious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, uh, night, is, night is young. Or young, old, whatever it is. Night is short. Short. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't pretentious. No. For the most part. Yeah. And I think that really worked in its 
favor. favor. So. Yeah. so ignore all that and just give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with something else. Mm-hmm. So until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hanna. Keep the geek fires burning. Keep the geek fires burning.